Welcome to the Better Woman Podcast, where I interview women who make me a better woman. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Better Woman Podcast. I am pumped today because I am interviewing Ellen Roofs. And I have to say, this is actually the first interview I've done where I haven't even met my uh, interviewee in person. So, <laughs> so this is super new, but super great. And why I'm interviewing Ellen and why I want you all to hear from her today is because, okay, you know when you come across something and you're like, this just put words to exactly what I've been thinking and feeling and I didn't even know that I needed This is how I felt when I came across Made Whole Nutrition. And I saw her using words like intentional eating and nourishing your body and food freedom. And I was like, yes. If you know me, you know I love food. I love good food. And like, this is something I can get behind. And so I just was like, hey, Ellen, let's chat. (laughs) Person I've never met before online. And hey, why don't you (laughs) let me interview you for my podcast? And Ellen is great. And here she is. So welcome, Ellen, to the podcast. Thank you, Emily. It is such such an honor, but honestly, so fun. I've never done anything like this before. So. Well, this is great. And Ellen's got a lot of great things to say. And Ellen's suggestion, which I think is great, is um, we should start by talking about what our favorite foods are because mm-hmm. food is good. So, Ellen, can you share with everyone uh, what your favorite food is? Yeah, it would have to be avocados. I eat avocados <laughs> almost every day. I have to limit myself to one a day. <laughs> um, I'm gonna just just put it out there that you're probably not the only person listening to this that feels that way. And don't be ashamed. Uh, my question is, what is your favorite way to eat an avocado? Mm, yeah. So there's nothing like avocado toast. Like I, I mean, call me basic, but I really do love it. <laughs> um, I also have a recipe for chocolate avocado pudding. So you mix in like chocolate and maple syrup and a few other ingredients and it tastes like chocolate mousse, but you're eating avocados. <laughs> it's, oh, it's a game changer. That's amazing. <laughs> this is great. And as far as being basic, I fully lean into the stereotype that I am. And so I do not care that everyone's like, oh, you're so basic if you love all the pumpkin things or you love avocado. I'm like, yeah, but it's great. That's why everyone loves yep. it. <laughs> yep. I agree. Yes, and I would say my favorite food has to be dark chocolate. Mm. I just love it so much, and if I had to pick, like, a favorite flavor, I I just love anything with cinnamon. Anything that is cinnamony, I put cinnamon in, like, absolutely everything. And my favorite food that I don't wish to share with someone like Ellen, who is very good at nourishing her body, is Pop-Tarts. But that is... <laughs> <laughs> but we but we don't eat Pop-Tarts a lot because that would be bad, not nourishing our body. Anyway, Ellen, can you, like, introduce yourself? Well, now we know we lo- you love avocados, which is really important. Tell us a little bit about what is Made Whole Nutrition. What is that? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. Someone asked me the other day, they're like, what is this? And I was like, 
it's kind of like a nutrition, education, ministry, business like thing. Yes. <laughs> so I, I, it's kind of just a joke. It started a few years ago as what I describe as like a seed, just like a desire to educate women about the truth of their bodies and about food and how there are beautiful relationships between everything in nature and that we're a part of that and that there's a great order when we can understand and and make decisions that honor the way that things were created. I think it's honestly women's right to know like how food is affecting their body. It's it's just been so fun to see how it continues to like grow and ripen and every day it's a little bit different and I have different ideas and inspirations and um just meet different people who have different insights and yeah so I would say it's a nutrition education business and I just try to educate women in whatever way possible I love that I love that you say that women have the right to know because I think that in so much of health culture like all overall health especially for women there's a lot of things to subscribe to without learning the knowledge of the background of what things are actually doing to your body or that you have free will and and choice can you talk a little bit about like how you came to start this mission that you're doing right now yeah yeah food and i go way back I, we've been in a relationship my whole life. <laughs> I think in high school is really when I started to just like look at my body differently, look at food differently. And that was really kind of the start of what I call like a disordered relationship with food. I was never technically diagnosed with an eating disorder, but I had a lot of the patterns of an eating disorder. And the sneaky thing is that at the same time, I also had leaky gut and um, an autoimmune disorder that was diagnosed a little while later. And then a lot of nutrient deficiencies that kind of came from that. And so it was a really kind of convoluted time because I never addressed my really destructive um, way of thinking about food. I saw food as something that hurt me, as something I wasn't worthy to receive, that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't happy with the way my body looked. And so therefore I just had to eat less and or eat healthier, quote unquote. And yeah, I just, food was like an enemy, but it was also my reward. And it was really complicated. And I really like struggled with that for many, many years throughout high school into college until I got to the point where I was actually able to identify to myself that this was something I struggled with. Like I said, it, it probably went six years and I never even acknowledged that I had what could have been diagnosed as an eating disorder. And yeah, that was a really a turning point for me when I was able to acknowledge it and name it because then it then it could really start to heal and so fast forward a few years later a friend asked me what do you wish existed in the world that doesn't and I hadn't really thought about it but I just opened my mouth and I and I had the answer I wish there were resources that could help women who struggle with disordered eating or their relationship with food or simply want to learn more about nutrition like you were saying like we have the right to know how food affects our bodies. And I just didn't know what to point women towards, you know, when they would share like, oh yeah, I also struggle with eating. Like I, I just didn't know what to do in that moment. And so, 
yeah, if I had to pinpoint an exact moment where this idea of made whole nutrition was born, that was probably it when I could name my desire. Yeah. There were so many good and relatable things you just said there, Ellen. I love when you said food was my enemy and my reward. I think there's a lot of people that can relate to that feeling like, oh, I'm so at war with food. Like I just have all these cravings I need to satisfy. But also if I'm good, if I'm good for a day, then I get to reward myself by going out for ice cream. And like, what is this um, like relationship with food? You know, that's what you're talking about is is really something that we don't think enough about. And so how would you classify that? So you kind of came up with this idea that this is what's needed. So what is the food philosophy of made whole nutrition? Yeah. So it's kind of a three-part philosophy. In college, I studied biology. So I love science. I love understanding how things work, cellular communication, you know, biochemical pathways. (laughs) I really geek out about that stuff. And so what I found is that Science explains a lot of how nutrition works. And so although there's a lot of different fad diets and philosophies and this package says these cookies are plant-based, does that make them healthy? <laughs> like, There's a lot of confusing messages out there. And what I found is that science provides a lot of clarity when you can understand it and and understand how things are connected. So I, what I'd say is that that's kind of like the body aspect of it is like if we can understand how nutrition works from a functional perspective, that a lot of healing can come when we follow that. The second piece of it is like your mind. So that's what I kind of alluded to when I was talking about having a healthy relationship with food, right? Like, how do I think about my body? How do I think about food? Even what language do I use when I'm talking about food? Like, oh, I feel guilty. I shouldn't have eaten that. Or, oh, it's a cheat day or, you know, that's a bad food. Like, I just don't think that those phrases and words that we use about our eating habits, I think they just promote this mentality that there's something wrong with us or something wrong with food and that there is this tension. And I just don't think that they're very helpful. And so the mind aspect of made whole nutrition is trying to reframe a lot of the ways that we think about food and talk about food And then the third element of it is the soul piece. And this is where I think it puts the other two into perspective because even the healthiest people that have ever lived on this earth, like they died, you know? And so like, what is the point of health? Like if we are ultimately going to die. And that's where I think my faith really provides a lot of like answers and a lot of direction to have this understanding that health and wholeness have to involve the whole person and they have to direct us towards like a greater good and there has to be a source of this wholeness and goodness and so that's where this idea of spiritual nourishment is really important talking about like spiritual healing and really just using food as like a means to achieving or reaching or being in the state of wholeness or the state of relationship with the lord and so yeah that's what i'd say is like the overarching idea behind made whole nutrition like those three aspects absolutely i love all of that so much ellen so 
My first question that I think of when talking through this, the first piece when you talk about body and science, and I just love the way you said that, and I think this can be implied in so many areas of culture, science actually provides a lot of answers, and we can look to concrete facts. And so my question for you is, what do you see as some of the biggest lies of some dieting culture don't actually align with science that people are following in like with fad diets and that type of thing? Yeah, that's a great question. The first one that immediately comes to mind is this idea of caloric restriction, like counting calories and restricting yourself in an effort to lose weight. Because your body responds to that as if it's famine, right? It goes into starvation mode. And so it actually will like turn off important functions. Like it's not going to put nutrients towards growing healthy hair or healthy nails or skin, you know, to an extreme, like it can even impact your hormones. It can turn off your period. You know, you have a hard time if you're trying to achieve pregnancy. Like those things are kind of turned off when the body isn't receiving the nutrients it needs. And so it just kind of baffles me that this is a concept of health is when we're actually kind of restricting ourselves and not nourishing ourselves. And so, yeah, that's the first thing that comes to mind when you say that is this idea of restricting calories to be healthy. Yeah. And I want to get into that a little bit because this is a question I actually like specifically asked Ellen when I was talking to her on the phone before this. What do you think about counting calories? And my question for you, what would you say to someone who is actively trying to lose weight for their health? Like obesity is not healthy, right? And so how would you recommend someone to go about that? and, And what would that look like? Yeah, that's a great question. And I relate in a lot of ways because if I think back to when I had, you know, really disordered eating, like that was my goal. Like really wanted to be thin and beautiful and healthy. So going back to like what science tells us, what we know about nutritional science, the first thing I would say is that your body really responds to whole foods. And so to just like focus on filling your plate with lots of vegetables, with quality protein, even some healthy fats, and don't give your body a reason to be in starvation mode or like a reason to hold on to anything, right? Like you can think of it kind of like a bank account. If you have a steady income, there's no need to really save a lot or worry about any sort of scarcity. It's when you don't have a reliable income that you really become frugal and you increase your hunger. There's a lot of things that your body does in response to not having enough nutrients. And one of those things is actually to gain weight. And so again, weight loss is more complicated than that, but that's really the first thing I would encourage is to make sure you're eating enough And make sure you're eating good quality foods that have nutrients, (laughs) you know. Yeah, and I think that idea of like a restrictive diet versus food freedom is something that we talked about too of like not choosing a diet that says, you know, well, I can't eat X, Y, Z. I saw something in your food guide where the question was posed, what if everyone's around me is eating unhealthy food like what do I do then what would you say about that because I think sometimes that's hard especially people in college there's like so much temptation all around yeah great question I think the thing that I have found to bring me the most freedom is when I when I give myself permission really to eat 
whatever I want. But I know that there's there's consequences to that, right? So, you know, everyone around me is enjoying cake and ice cream at somebody's birthday, right? Or party snacks, whatever. I have the freedom to eat those things. And it's not wrong for me to eat them. Like even if I know they're not particularly nourishing or that they have a lot of sugar, like I I still have the freedom to do that. And food can be celebratory too. And it's meant to be enjoyed. And so in that moment, like if I choose to enjoy those things, I want to fully enjoy them. Like I don't want to feel guilty about that. And so I think there's a freedom there. But like on the flip side, if I know, you know, if I eat this cake and ice cream, I'm really not going to feel good later. <laughs> and like, it's actually to the point where, you know, it's not really worth it. Like, I don't think I would enjoy it enough to make it worth me eating. And so I also have the freedom not to and to have some fruit or, you know, stuff off the veggie tray. Like you you have freedom to do either. And it's as soon as you give yourself rules of what I should or shouldn't do that things start to go haywire. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like I can so relate to that feeling. I just love what you said about you need to give yourself the permission to fully enjoy it. Like if I'm going to sit and eat the piece of cake and ice cream, it's not enjoyable to sit there and feel guilty while eating the cake and ice cream. And if that's not the norm of your life, you shouldn't feel guilty while eating it, right? And I heard I heard someone say once, which it really stuck with me. It was right before Fat Tuesday, which is a typical time where you like, eat a lot and celebrate this right before Lent. And she was saying like, okay, I, I'm pretty sure we live like a daily Fat Tuesday. Like I am living like a daily Fat Tuesday where I am constantly celebrating and eating as much as I can. And that shouldn't be your normal day to day because then when you have those times of celebration and it is someone's birthday, it is an occasion, then you can really enjoy those feeds without being like, well, I just sat by myself and ate a piece of cake (laughs) for no reason. Like by having this consistent diet of nourishing can allow you to fully enjoy those times that should be celebrated. Right. This is what I like to call joy foods. That's kind of the the term that I use, like, I don't believe in guilty pleasures, because guilt shouldn't be involved. Like, eating isn't a moral decision. But yeah, there are foods that are less nourishing than others, (laughs) you know, or unhealthy. But like you said, they are really enjoyable. (laughs) (laughs) Pop-tarts. It's not wrong to eat pop-tarts if you love them. (laughs) Exactly. Like, does this mean I should eat a pop-tart every morning for breakfast? Uh, No, I will feel horrible but okay and then I have a question for you what do you say to people say you know that they don't ever desire to eat healthy food like food that's quote-unquote healthy it doesn't taste good to them what is to be said about the discipline that would come with this Mm. yeah this is a super interesting question I think there's actually two pieces to it one of it has to do with again like science like why why is your body telling you that you should eat cake but not kale. <laughs> a term that's used often in, in nutritional science is hyperpalatability. And so it, it basically just means that food tastes really, really good. And food scientists do this to make food products very, very appealing, right? So these are foods that aren't found in nature. So think of like barbecue potato chips, 
you know, moose tracks ice cream or like your pop tart, right? Like they just taste so good that they actually override our body's mechanisms that usually guide our eating decisions. And so if you're eating a lot of these foods, of course, a big salad isn't going to appeal to you because your body's like, no, <laughs> there's something that tastes even better. And so it's a really interesting thing because the more you kind of move away from those foods and start eating more whole foods. So the more you're eating like vegetables and fruit and good quality protein and good quality fats, it kind of recalibrates your body in a way to recognize that, oh, actually these whole foods truly have the nutrients that I want. And so it's interesting because you actually start to want those foods more. Like you you crave a salad more than you crave like a bag of Doritos. If you can truly like listen to your true craving. So that's one piece of it. The second piece, like you were saying with like discipline, there's something to that as well, right? Like virtue is the practice of like choosing the good, like over and over. I think that there's a similar element when it comes to eating. Again, not that eating is a moral decision, but that there is a good and there is a freedom that comes when we rise above what makes me feel good in this moment or like what are my passions telling me to choose something that I like know to be better, like a greater good. And yeah, like I said, I think the freedom that comes from it is really profound. Yeah, I I love that. And what you describe is really like a true interior freedom. And what you uh, had said to me when we had spoken before is how, you know, humans are really the only animal that enjoy eating like we're not just eating out of instinct we actually are able to choose and I think this could be as I had kind of said before this could be relatable to many different aspects of our lives where we don't want to make the choice and live with the consequences we want to have a band-aid over what we're doing and say like I'm gonna follow this xyz diet Rather than make the choice that I do have, people coming with like knowing yourself and knowing what are your temptations and not buying food that is going to tempt you, which is so hard. That's a huge thing because you'll eat what's in your right. kitchen. Like, you know oh, it. <laughs> absolutely. And if you buy the chocolate, you'll eat the chocolate. <laughs> right. It's not just like going to sit there and it's going to be eaten first. <laughs> And what would you say is just some advice about grocery shopping for people? Yeah, yeah. This is something I actually, I did write an ebook. It's called The Intentional Eating Food Guide. And it, it gives a lot more details than what I'm going to be able to talk about here. But I think kind of my, my general rule of thumb when grocery shopping is to find foods as close to their natural form as possible. So, you know, produce section, you know, just go crazy. Like most of those foods look like how they would have been harvested in nature. Same with, you know, like the meat section, eggs, you know, good quality protein, seafood, all, you know, all those different things. In the other aisles to seek out, you know, like olives and beans and nuts and even some whole grains. I think if you're picking foods, like again, in their natural form, that's when they're going to be the most nourishing, when they're going to be the least inflammatory, the you know, least processed. They're not going to have as many additives and things that really don't promote health. Um, it's as soon as you get to things that 
don't look anything like their original form, that's probably when they're less healthy. Yeah, that's a really great point. I'll just put a plug here right now. I right away it was like downloaded this ebook and it was really good. And I would definitely recommend it to anyone because it's just I appreciate how practical you are and you you even reference like costs, you know, like people always worry about being way more expensive and I think the way of eating that you talk about is just so much more simple. And the one thing I do want you to talk about, because this is something that I have have felt like is really kind of easy to implement and something people could implement really quickly. You, you talk in your guide about the state of receiving food and like how you should be when you're eating. Can you go into that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I really love this. So this ties together like all three elements of my philosophy about food. From a scientific perspective, like this is called eating in a parasympathetic state. So it's the state when your body is resting and digesting, right? There's no immediate threats. There's no stress. Your body actually shunts blood to your digestive tract so that it's able to digest the food that you're eating. It turns off other secondary functions, like not as much blood to your muscles. It changes your hormones. Like there's a lot of really complex and really beautiful things that are happening when you're just calm and relaxed while eating. So that's kind of the the scientific piece of it. I think from the perspective of like how to have a healthy relationship with food, my experience is that I would make rules for myself and then when I would let myself eat, I was just out of control. And I wouldn't even really bother to like just enjoy the food or taste the food. I was totally out of touch with what my body actually needed. I didn't know if I was full, I didn't know if I was hungry. I would often eat like way more than I needed until I was like really uncomfortable because that was like the only feeling of like fullness that I like understood. And so eating in a state of receiving kind of promotes a lot of listening. It promotes like an attentiveness. It's very mindful and very, what is my body telling me? So it's about like not eating with distractions, it's about putting your food on a plate and not eating out of the container, sitting sitting at a table. <laughs> okay, that is like so simple, but actually not. Like, I'm not just gonna like, oh, I do this all the time. Like, just grab like five little things out of my cupboard and just like eat them while walking around the room. Like, what was that? How did that help me at all? Like, that was just... Yeah, yeah your body just doesn't process that it's being fed, if that makes sense. Because it's like, I'm walking, like I'm, I'm doing something else. Like I'm not focused on like digesting food right now. It's interesting just how profound like little things like that can be just like eating at a table <laughs> versus like in your bed or standing. Or <laughs> right. Something that I've tried to do since reading this is just eating more slowly. I definitely grew up in a environment where I was often eating like on my way to the next activity, right? So I would like get home from play practice, grab my food, like eat it in three minutes, like eat a full three course meal in three minutes while I'm also getting ready for dance and then go like dance for three hours, come home, eat a second supper, right? And that, I mean, that's just what like I did. And so I was very used to eating very quickly. And so when you eat quickly, there's more time, right? So you're sitting there with people, you finish all your food. Okay, well, now I can grab more food because I'm not actually full because I didn't even even think about what I was eating. And to celebrate, I think that the slow eaters 
always get a really bad rap, you know? It's like, oh, they eat so slow. But that's something that I've been trying to do more. And I think it definitely helps with not feeling so, like, bloated or full after meals while still, you know, eating a good amount of food. And also being able to actually, like, stop when I'm full is something that people could tangibly implement in their life right away. Right, right. Oh, yeah, I would totally encourage it. Because it actually takes 20 minutes for your body to communicate to your brain that you're full. So if you're eating like your whole meal in five, (laughs) or if you just keep eating for the first 20 minutes, (laughs) you know, your body's like, whoa, 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 we've got enough. And then you're over full. I think just, yeah, eating slowly. It's interesting when you look at other cultures, like, yeah, meals, meals are like, you know, an hour long and you take the full hour to eat your plate of food. We don't really do that in America. We're too focused on efficiency, but I think, yeah, people have a lot of gut issues because of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that is such a good point. That's what I was thinking about too, like spending time in other countries where you definitely like actually take the full amount of time to eat and you don't eat so much on the go. And so what would you say to people who are like, well, I don't have time. Like I don't, I have to sit at my desk and eat or I have to eat on the go because I've got kid, like things happen. Right. Right. That's a great question. I think when you can't take like, you know, an hour for a meal, then I would encourage you to just be as intentional as possible. So, you know, if you can sit while you're eating, that's huge. You know, right away tells your body, like, you know, we need to rest and digest now. I think not being distracted is really huge. You know, so if you're, it's one thing to like sit at your desk and still be reading emails. And it's another thing to just like sit at your desk and just take five minutes to eat your food while you're looking at it, you're you're smelling it, you're tasting it, you're completely chewing it. There's an incredible difference between how your body is digesting those two meals. Yeah, I think the final little thing that I would say is like be merciful with yourself. <laughs> like, you know, I find myself of like, oh, I'll make I'll make a smoothie and then I'll I'll go and I'll drink it on my way to work. And and then if I stop and I'm like, I totally just did that really mindlessly. Don't beat yourself up for that. (laughs) You're doing your best, you know? Again, just give yourself a break. (laughs) And I think, like you said at the beginning, you and food have been in a relationship for a long time. And you're going to be forever, right? So, like, giving yourself ability to kind of, like, be on that journey, right? I think that there's a lot out there that you can fill your brain with as it relates to health and food and nutrition and fitness. And I think what I was so excited about when I came across your page is since, you know, being at home more, I feel like I have started following more people on social media, right? And there's just, there's so much and there's so many differing things of what is good for your body, what's bad for your body. And I really appreciate your wholeness component of this and you've talked to to me about this before of like the scare like scary things that are on the internet related to health and diet and what do you what do you find out there that you want everyone to know (laughs) like stop reading this not true (laughs) yeah there is a lot out there and there's a lot of contradicting information out there yeah we just have to be really discerning about what's true and so something that i've been seeing a lot more of is it's like the anti-diet movement 
Um, they talk a lot about food freedom, which I am the first to, you know, talk about food freedom and advocate for that. I'm not big on diets. A diet is a pattern of eating, but specific, you know, like fad diets or crash diets, like I don't think that they're very useful for pretty much anybody. But the danger that I see in some of these messages is where they get brought to an extreme where they completely disregard the truth of science, right? So it's, it, you know, food freedom at the expense of health, <laughs> you know, where brownies and almonds are exactly the same, right? Like they both have calories, your body just needs them for fuel, you know, they really don't have any difference. And my response to that is, yes, they do. <laughs> Like, they are different, right? We know this, that brownies and almonds are different and that our bodies respond differently. And so, yeah, I guess I would just encourage people to, like, be discerning. Like, and just, like, ask yourself, does this seem true? <laughs> like, does this seem to be in line with my experience, with my understanding of the world? Yeah, with what seems to be the order of nature. No, absolutely. I think probably everyone has seen that a lot. You know, eat the donut, eat all the donuts, right? And I think that's what I want to bring home of what we're talking about is not that type of attitude, very flippant attitude and honesty towards your own health, but really taking a hold of your own health and personal responsibility for what is going in your body. I think it's so easy to not want to call attention to that and take a hold of that and just want you know to follow someone else because you've got a million other things going on and you just want to quickly eat something and not have to worry about it but it is like you said it's it's really important food is what nourishes us and allows us to do all of the other things in our life and can cause so many problems <laughs> if it's not and so my question for you is there anything else I mean, we've talked about so many things. This has been so awesome, Ellen. Are there any other pieces that you want to leave our listeners with? Any call to action that you would have for them? Yeah. I mean, we've hit on a lot of the big things, like eating whole foods, like eating in a state of receiving, like reframing, you know, your thoughts to like think of like nourishing your body rather than like trying to control something. I guess I would just say to focus on like wholeness. That's really the word that comes to mind. I mean, yes, it's the name yeah. of my, <laughs> of my <laughs> It's page, the name of your right? brand, like, <laughs> but that's for a good reason, right? <laughs> right. To really like reflect on like, like what are the parts of me that are not whole? Like maybe, maybe that is like your diet. <laughs> maybe you need a lot of improvement there. Maybe you don't. Like maybe you're eating a really clean diet but you don't have any like freedom or you have a totally disordered like way of thinking about it. Um, or maybe it's neither of those. Like maybe it's honestly like beyond that. Like I think this idea of like spiritual nourishment, like, and, and food can honestly be like a, like a symbol I think of, and it can like direct us towards like the Lord, like the, the reality that we have to eat three times a day. Like <laughs> that is a call to action for me. I need to go to the Lord like several times throughout the day. Like it's not just once and done. Like I just don't like make a decision one day that, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be in this relationship, but then like never actually like nurture it. And so, yeah, I would just ask yourself like, 
Yeah. What what needs to be made whole? Thank you. I love that. And I think what you said there, too, is good. I think there's probably a lot of people listening who, in all honesty, eat well and have very nourishing diets, but their personal relationship with food is not good and it's full of shame. And that is what needs to be reordered. And one way to do that that I think everyone listening should do, first of all, is buy Ellen's ebook. I think it's $5 (laughs) and you can download it today and read it and it just helps provide a lot of practical advice. Well, first of all, everyone, this is absolutely free. You can follow Ellen on Instagram. Ellen, where can everyone find you on Instagram? My name is made underscore whole underscore nutrition. Yes, and I'll link it in the bio and everything so that you can find it right on there. But she posts great things. Also, she posted how to find the best avocado, which I thought was like the best (laughs) post ever because I don't ever know that. But you don't want like getting a bad avocado is like a day ruiner, right? (laughs) So I thought that was extremely helpful. Thank you for that. Uh, And also, you have a whole course on this. Can you talk to us about that a little bit? Yeah. So like I said at the beginning, like I really just want to like create resources for women to learn and to educate themselves. So I do have a what I kind of call my master course. So it's everything that I know about food and nutrition and having a relationship with food. And it just kind of lays it out. It takes the science, it condenses it into the simplest form possible. So if you want to learn more about what is sugar doing in my body, like Should I be fasting? Like, should I eat regular meals or should I snack? How do I choose foods? Like, what's the difference between fats and carbs? Like, you know, all these basics of nutrition. We really dive into that and um, kind of, again, like reframe the way we talk about eating and food. So that's something that's available on my website. So you can go there and find, yeah, the course, the ebook that Emily mentioned. That's more of the practicals. And then, of course, I also have my social media. Absolutely. Well, everyone should hit you up because I feel so energized from this conversation, Ellen, and I'm just really excited. And also, I want to tell our listeners, if you are listening and you want to know more, definitely reach out to Ellen. Also, I'd love to hear from you and love to hear what you guys are thinking and like thoughts you had after the podcast. You can... To be honest, I think probably everyone listening I know personally, if there's any randoms out there, (laughs) hello and welcome. And so (laughs) I would love to hear from you and hear what you're thinking and any reactions that you had to the podcast today. So let me know. And thanks again, Ellen, so much for your time. This has been awesome. Yeah, Emily, this is great. I could talk about this stuff all day long. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely. That's what I love. Well, thank you all, and uh, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Better Woman Podcast. This show is hosted by Emily Kaiser, created by Emily Kaiser, and edited by Alyssa Higginson. Today's guest was Ellen Rose. To find more from her, visit her on Instagram under made underscore whole underscore nutrition. And that's also where you can find a link to her ebook, The Intentional Eating Guide, for both the regular and college editions. To find out more from the creators of the Better Woman podcast, visit Productions.com to find more shows and information about the podcast. Thank you for listening.